I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that in the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering in the heat of injustice and oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low and rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope and this is our faith. Martin Luther King Jr. of course, one of the most prominent dreams in our world history. An ordinary man like you or I, dreaming for what could be, believing for a better world. One man and one dream. And I guess for me, it begs the question, what are you dreaming for? And Acts is by far my favorite book of the Bible and it's a pleasure to be rounding off this series of Ready, Steady, Acts. It's a doing book. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the apostles start to minister into an already broken world. Dreaming of what could be, believing for a, a better world, a world where in which the gospel of Jesus Christ would be made known in all nations. A world in which justice would prevail, a world where people would know that they are loved by the Father. They believed for a world where thousands would come to know a deep and intimate relationship with our God. What are you dreaming for? You know, it's almost um, a year ago that I stepped into the role as youth pastor here at the vineyard with a dream. I dreamt of a church of young people who would fall in love with Jesus. I dreamt of a family of young people who made themselves second in order to put God first and share his undeniable love with others. A dream to see the Acts Church replicated in a group of young people, divvying out the land, as John Wimber puts it, and living out the kingdom of God. I have a dream. And you see, because that dream was captured by others so willing to serve these young people, on the evening of the 8th of February 2020, 48 young people from this church gave their lives to Jesus at our youth big weekend. At least 20 of those were the first time I have a dream.
What are you dreaming for? And Rachel, my wife, at the age of 18, decided to go all out for her dreams. Five years of hard work, sacrifice and study, now she stood in the gap for hundreds of people in an intensive care unit through what is probably the most terrifying pandemic this generation has ever seen. What are you dreaming for? You see, it's all good um, as meeting together on a Sunday to share a fellowship, to share our faith, our worries, our concern. It's good stuff. But what would the vineyard St Albans look like if it was truly a church that lived out its faith and dreamt for a better world? What would the community of St Albans look like if people lived and dreamt as the Acts Church did. Acts says this, paraphrased, of course, we, uh, we look at Acts 1 and 2. The day of Pentecost arrives and 120 of Jesus' disciples receive the Holy Spirit. And they all begin to speak in other tongues um, that the people around might understand what they are saying. One man, Peter, stands in front of a crowd and addresses thousands of people, sharing with them the hope that is in Jesus Christ. 120 Christ followers becomes 3,120. And we join the same Peter in Acts 3, verses 1 to 8. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance of the temple. He was so often brought there to beg for money from those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John looked straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. Peter held out his hand to the crippled man. As he pulled him to his feet, suddenly power surged into the crippled man's feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Peter looked for opportunities to share God's miraculous power, God's hope with the one. He looked to share God's love that they might encounter him on a new, deeper level. One man with one dream. And it's with this that I want to both um, challenge and encourage you this morning. Ordinary, seemingly insignificant me. Ordinary, seemingly insignificant you. We have the ability to dream big for this world, for our lives and for others, but what's more, we have the opportunity to partner with a God who knows the intimacies and intricacies of our lives. We get to dream and step out in faith 
with the same God who created the universe. And you know, uh, statistically, um, each person watching this on average will dream three to five times a night. And most of us will forget most of our dreams. But as I'm sure you've picked up already, these are the kind of dreams I'm talking about. What are you dreaming for that is going to bring about change in the lives of those around us because of the gospel message of Jesus Christ? Let me tell you, when you step out in faith, much like Peter did in this scripture, people are going to start to see and experience the Father's love. When we step out in faith, let me tell you, The Holy Spirit is going to come down like it did at Pentecost and empower us to make things happen. Ordinary, seemingly insignificant people partnering with an extraordinary, significant and limitless God. So how do we get there? Well, uh, clearly there are many ways for us to reach our dreams, but there is just one way that I want to touch on this morning. Faith to expect God. Faith to expect God. The youth watching this will be, um, will be totally bored of hearing me talk about this, but I think it's such a poignant moment in Acts Read it again with me. Return to Acts 3, 4 and 5. It says this, Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of a crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave him, them his attention. God calls each of us to look him directly in the eyes. And what's more, God calls each of us to look him directly in the eyes with expectancy. Let me break this down further. The dictionary definition of um, expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. And we as Bible reading Christians have a great understanding of what God has promised to his people, right? For example, a rainbow is a promise that God will never flood the entire earth again. And I believe that God is a God of integrity. And if so, um, if God says something, he means it. (laughs) There's no backing down from it. There's no changing his mind on the matter. His word is final. And so why is it then? That when I walk through a hard time in my life, when I walk through a valley that the world puts in my way, do I say, God, where are you? Why is it then that when I go through the best times in life and I'm blessed beyond belief, do I forget to run and jump and shout and sing his praises? Church, the challenge this morning is will we be a people who easily forget what God has done or is doing? Or are we going to be a people who choose, like the man at the gates of beautiful, who choose God's glory, who celebrate and tell people of the goodness of God and the wonders of his amazing kingdom? Will we be a people who fix their eyes on Jesus? 
with expectation. The man in this passage, he expected a gift and he was met with glory. In our lives, the gift is the promises of God. And if God who never changes his mind and whose word is final gives us these promises, are we not to believe him from, for them? Even in the busyness of our day-to-day -day lives, are we not to believe that God is sovereign? You know, as we are readying um, hundreds young people to go on our big weekend, which, by the way, I absolutely loved. We had them all meet in, um, in Atrium 2, and to be honest, it was chaos, <laughs> complete chaos. Um, some were returning their forms last minute, others were asking questions, what time we'd be home, all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that's in the documents, if you go back and have a look. Um, you know, it was just a classic uh, pre-youth trip pandemonium. And I was obviously feeling uh, a little stressed. I was readying myself for the responsibility that I was about to take on. And in that moment, a parent of one of the young, uh, young people explained to me that they were in pain, a lot of pain, and they'd been going on for a little while. And so I asked them, do you mind if I pray for you? To which they accepted. And, and Rachel and I, we laid hands on this person and a miraculous healing took place. You see, we believed God for the promise in, in Mark 16, 17 and 18. Lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. I took God at his word in amongst the frantic panic. I was prepared to seek out the one and see life-changing miracles happen. You know, another promise, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Are there areas of our life that we've not yet submitted to God? Because when we do, his promise is to make our path straight. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God always walks with us. Let's remember that as we walk through life's challenges. Finally, Matthew 11, 28, 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy, burdened, and I will give you rest. When we find ourselves down, perhaps due to sin, are we people who run to God to receive our rest, or do we run away? You know, I wonder, what would this nation look like if St Albans Vineyard were a people who dreamt the biggest dreams? If St Albans Vineyard were a people who stepped out in faith and took God at his word in order to see the kingdom of God come. You know how Martin Luther King uh, Jr. actually started his speech? He said this, I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Do you know how the prophet Isaiah put it in Isaiah 61.1? He put it like this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. 
Church, this world is facing oppression in ways we may not ever be able to comprehend. And yet, God has laid an anointing on each of us to dream, to dream for a better world, pro proclaiming the good news, proclaiming freedom and healing and courage and miracles and evangelism and all the things we've looked at over this ready, steady acts time. What is it that you are dreaming for? Does it require faith to expect God? What is it that you are dreaming for? And does it require faith to expect God? I'm just going to wait on um, the Holy Spirit for a moment. It's very hot in this room. It's sunny outside and I'm sweltering. But let's just give God a moment. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Father, for all those watching this, we invite your presence, Jesus. What do you want to say to us? What do you want to say to us, God? Let's just take a moment um, just to breathe in God's goodness. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. As you take a breath in, just imagine you breathe him in. Father, would you give us dreams? Would you give us the ability to expect more of you? You know, I, I, I sense that people who are, who are watching this, who have really big dreams, things that they want to see happen in their lives. And um, I feel like there are a few people, especially who haven't even mentioned it to their spouses yet. And um, I just, I really feel in this season, especially with uh, COVID and, and everything else going on, um, and racial injustice, all that kind of stuff, the harsh reality of the world that we live in. I feel now is the time, like God is preparing his church to step out and see the kingdom of God come. And so if, if that speaks to you, if you have a big dream right now, um, would you just join with me in putting your hand on your heart? And we're gonna just pray something super bold right now. Super bold, okay? Let's, let's close our eyes, put our hand on high. If we've got a big dream, and all I wanted to say is, God, have your way. <laughs> God, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, have your way. It's a bold prayer. Giving him complete authority to have his way with our dreams.